So this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm here with Rachel Cassandra, Mm -hmm. who is the new reporter for KFSK. Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. It's been, um, I got here in late September, so it's been a couple of months. Yeah, getting the hang of things. There's a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, I was so excited um, when I heard you were coming because Tom said that you had experience in Southeast Alaska. And um, I thought that that was just so invaluable to somebody coming to our region, especially to... Um, report on the news. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, um, I wouldn't have looked at this job except that I, I'd been to Southeast before and I knew how special a region it is. Yeah. So where were you before you came to Petersburg? Right before I came, I was in Texas. I was there for a year in a small town called Elgin, which is, uh, just about 30 minutes to an hour east of Austin. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think I ended up in a small town because I had experience living in Sitka, which is also a small town. But what I didn't realize was that so much of what makes Sitka special and what makes Petersburg special is that, um, it's really hard to get anywhere else. And what that (laughs) means is, um, that, if you want something to exist, you kind of have to make it happen here. And it yeah. also means you can't, yeah, you can't sort of slack on community in your town and expect to get it elsewhere, to be able to drive somewhere, to be able to drive to the big city. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you had had experience living in Sitka. So what brought you to Sitka? Yeah, so... Well, I'll go back to the first time I went to Alaska, which was um, back in the summer of 2004. Um, I had just graduated college. I guess I'm aging myself, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just graduated college, graduated with um, one of my best friends, grew up in Seattle, and he had been to canneries before. And... um, so we decided to go up to Naknek. Um, it was um, it was at that time. I think the name is different now, and it's definitely under different ownership. But it was called the Red Salmon Cannery, I okay. believe. And um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a wild experience. Anyone who's worked in the canneries knows it's. Um, you know, very intense work, uh, very grueling. Um, and yeah, it was, but I got to see a little bit of Alaska and then, you know, fast forward 10 years, I was in a totally different place. I had just sort of accidentally entered journalism without meaning to by working on a nonfiction book with a friend It was about women making street art in Latin America, and it was very um, shoestring budget. And we had done like a little bit of fundraising, but really had no idea what we were doing. My 
project partner was totally broke and she had heard me talk about the cannery so she said she wanted to go and I was not um, quite that broke but I didn't want her to go on her own because um, when I had gone before it didn't feel like a super safe place to be um, yeah. a woman alone I think it's a little different now I mean it was different because we yeah we went back to that same exact cannery owned by different people it was it felt very different um, and we worked there while we were working there I met a fisherman went on his boat and was just like oh my god I need to try fishing like I I, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was just, just super enchanted by it. And I was like, <laughs> do you, yeah, I was like, do you know women who are fishing? And he was like, yes, there, were, there weren't any there then. But um, the cannery flew me. Instead of flying me back to Seattle, I had them fly me to Sitka and, and started working at the cannery there. Um, and when I got off work, just walked the docks until I found a captain who was willing to take me on without experience. And then I fished. I did all the fishing I could that year. I shrimped. I did long lining, mostly uh, trolling. Um, and, yeah. And then, um, and I loved it. And I thought, oh, I want to fish. I just... But then I I went back to California, I fell in love with someone, and realized I didn't really want to have that, like, one foot in each place kind of thing. Now it sounds cool. I think I can go back (laughs) to it again. But, um, yeah, and then I ended up um, getting into freelance writing and going back to school for journalism in California. And my, um, I went to UC Berkeley's graduate program, and they have a relationship. I actually met um, Catherine Rose, who is a reporter now in Sitka, and she told me about interning at KCAW in Sitka, and I was like, oh, I really want to go back. Um, I think I had visited the station when I was there, but yeah, so I went back and interned with Rob and... Um, Emily Kwong was there when I was there and she, uh, now she's at NPR, but she was an incredible mentor for me. I, she really, yeah, she just really, she's such an amazing reporter and she, she didn't have to spend the time with me, but she, she really got into the nitty gritty of editing, like looking at clips of tape and showing me why cutting one second earlier is better than, you know into all those details um yeah and then I looked at some other jobs in Alaska I had some other stuff happen with my family and um and I was doing kind of freelance work but I always kept an eye on um jobs in southeast I knew they didn't you know pop up all the time and I was in Texas and um Yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of, um, I had a lot of energy to work on stories. And with with freelance journalism, you spend a lot of your time pitching stories and trying to get people to take them. And what I really wanted was just to spend my time writing stories. So I decided I wanted to um, get a full-time reporting job and do radio. So, yeah, so I was, I had just decided that I wasn't ready at all to, like, make a move. 
Um, I was still in the middle of my lease at my apartment in Elgin. And I, yeah, but then I connected. I had, I hadn't even applied to the job. I had just reached out to Tom asking him a couple things about it. And he said, well, why don't we get on the phone? And, um, yeah. And then I don't know my fears. I think it wasn't the right timing rationally, but my, you know, in my gut, I knew this would be a good move and I was totally right. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, so I spent a lot of time in Northern California, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of new age, you know, spirituality stuff there. People talk about, you know, the universe telling you things or whatever. And, and I don't know about all that, but I do know that making certain moves in my life, it feels like you make the move and everything's really hard and difficult and it, it doesn't feel like it's coming together and making this move, it felt like, Oh, things start to fall into place. Things start to fall into place. And it just, I had no doubts that it was like the right thing, you know? And, um, yeah, not that it's like easy peasy, you know, peaches and cream all the time. Cause, uh, working as a radio reporter is hard no matter what you do. There's a lot of deadlines. There's a lot of chaos, you know, there's a lot of thinking, you know, what your schedule is and then it's switched around, but it's super rewarding. And I think the other reason why, like I fell in love with the region when I was here, it's beautiful. And, um, the slowness of life and the connection to wildness is really incredible. And then it's also, it's also an incredible place to make radio because people listen to the radio. And I think, I think a lot of that is that Alaska has never had good roads. And so, you know, newspapers, it was just harder for newspapers to get a hold here. And also because people are in boats a lot, like you can get the radio way out on a boat. You definitely can't get a newspaper. At least you couldn't, you know, back before. Well, and it's company too. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, when I was in Sitka, like learning radio really, it was really cool to walk around town and, you know, I would go to the library and take out books and people would, um, tell me they'd listened to my last story and what their thoughts on it were. And yeah, I, I think it's really hard to make radio anywhere else in the U S and have so many people listening and so many people invested. Um, how, how is that when you're, when you were in Texas, were you doing radio or no? No, I was doing some audio projects, but it was more, I was interviewing elders mostly. How is that to be on the street and have people commenting on your work? I can imagine that could go both ways. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I think it's, I think people here, you know, or people in Petersburg, like it's it's the same as like the positives and negatives of being in a small town. The positives are that you belong to this community and you play an important role there and the negatives is are that like everyone's watching you and <laughs> you're responsible to those people. Um 
And I have um, family history in Alaska, too. Oh, do you? Yeah. So my, um, I actually called my aunt today to get all the, like, exact details of it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my mom's sister and her husband, so my Aunt Angela and my Uncle Rocky, lived in Alaska for 10 years. They moved to um, mostly, like, Anchorage area. And, yeah, they had a... Yeah, they ha- they brought their family. They had three kids at the time, and my aunt was pregnant with her, f- secretly pregnant with her fourth. She said she didn't tell her husband till they got to Alaska. But um, <laughs> yeah, and my uncle Rocky's family had moved from California to Alaska, so that's like that's another nice connection. And I think you know my aunt really loves it that I'm here. Um, so that's yeah. that's another fun piece. Well, I love that you wanted to go fishing. I think, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, in this community understand the charm of that and the allure of fishing. I still remember being, like, violently ill, you know. Seasick? Seasick. And, and just, like, the thought in my brain is, like, how do you choose? I want to go fishing, but I also want to be a mom. Like, yeah, what am I going to do? Because I want to do both these things, and I don't think I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of juggling. I think, like, there's something very primal about fishing. It's like yeah. the what I liked about it, even before, you know, when I decided to try it was, like, and I, I hadn't, I didn't, you know, have this clear in my head, but like what worked about it was I felt just very connected with the, you know, like my job was really clear. It was like getting food for people and feeding people. There's nothing more honorable than that, you know? Yeah. Um, and there were like, I, I've spent a lot of time in cities and I had so many jobs that were just like I had and I was like, this shouldn't be a job. Like this is weird and whatever like I spent you know um I spent a bunch of time working like it was a good job for being like an artist kind of person of like being a catering server not a server at a restaurant but like going to parties with like you know very well people who didn't necessarily treat me well and um I was yeah, I don't know. It was kind of weird. And there was so much waste, too. It's like so much food got thrown away and like there was so much energy. And not that like that not that there's no purpose for like events and celebration. There totally yeah. is. But like I just didn't want all of the work that I was putting into the world to be that and to be sort of this like you know, this this um nameless person. Yeah. You wanted Um, it to have more meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did when I was fishing. It was um it was yeah, it was really amazing. Okay. Yeah. If you are just joining us, this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm talking with KFSK reporter Rachel Cassandra. (music) 
as I was writing questions for this, I was I was thinking about just kind of um, being a reporter today in the world. And I guess I wanted to ask you too, like as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, um, you know, just about ethics and journalism and um, how how partisan news outlets seem to be today. I don't remember them being that partisan as a child, but maybe they always were. Or yeah. is it or is it really that it's more it, partisan today? It is really more partisan. Yeah, I mean I think the whole US is more divided. A lot of that is like the sort of information echo chambers that exist. I think the internet makes that worse too. Yeah. But um, it's a huge problem in news. Like, you know, no one wants to be an outlet for just one, or some people do, I guess, yeah. want to be. They have like a clear, outwardly um, professed take on news. But, you know, most outlets are aiming for balance. And it really is unfortunate that it's so divided. And I see it too in like the, the news that I read. Like, I. I notice that news outlets, um, you know, have, it's not necessarily always overt, but there is, it really is like, there's, you know, different worlds that people are seeing and like talking to people, I think there's also a huge like rural urban divide and a lot of the news outlets are based in urban areas. And so there's definitely like a a weight to that voice and you know some of the people who I know in radio like in California in the bay it's like they haven't you know ever lived in a rural area or you know and it's I think that that kind of concentration of media outlets isn't isn't good for coverage um I think there are a lot of organizations working on changing that Report for America is is one of those organizations and so they try to uh, you know, send a lot of reporters to to radio. Like we applied to get one here, but yeah, it's it's hard. There's a lot going on in journalism. There's a lot of changes uh, with a move away from from print media. We also really took a hit because there um, basically when magazines were a big deal and newspapers were a big deal, people would pay to get the whole package. And what that meant is like maybe they buy the paper because of the front page story, but they also get the page 17 story and fewer people read it, but the money is funding all of those different kinds of stories. Now, because people are clicking on the internet, you know, a lot of editors only want to publish those stories that will get a lot of hits. And I think that's really harmful for news. So, yeah. Oh, that Um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't remember exactly what they call it in journalism, but it's like this idea that there's no longer a package of news that, you know, people are consuming. It's now individual pieces that can be spread on their own. And, you know, there's, there's still newspapers, there's, there's still radio magazine shows, there's still, um, you know, it still does exist, but those are competing with, you know, single articles that go viral that like get, you know, millions of clicks. And because there's not, 
you know, regular funding necessarily for media. Like, it's it's hard to fund media now, especially because a lot of people expect it to be free. Then, you know, that means that editors are going to weight heavily those clickbait yeah. headlines. And I also think that's, yeah, it's not necessarily healthy, but... It is changing. Well, and I remember the the book came out a couple years ago, Ghosting the News. Okay, I didn't know And, yeah, but it was about the decline of small-town newspapers especially. Yeah. And I feel like in Petersburg we're so lucky because we have the pilot and we have KFSK. Yes. Yeah. And, um... The reporting has always been stellar. I mean, some of the most fabulous people I've known have been KFSK reporters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Why KFSK can be so successful is partly, you know, Tom being really good at his job of engaging community and like people want to support a station when they are actually a part of that station when they belong, when they, you know, um, see themselves reflected in it. And, yeah, it's lucky. Yeah. Is there anything that you would, as a reporter and as a trained journalist, that you wish that people who aren't trained journalists knew in today's news climate about ethics and journalism? Hmm. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I think for people who I, like, small-town journalism, you know, has its own set of rewards and, um, you know, upsides and downsides. I think... It can be complicated to be connected with all the people you're reporting on. I think, yeah. and uh, and just inter, you know, interviewing people who I also may know on a personal level. And I think one of the things that I would like people I'm, you know, reporting on to know is that, you know, we interview and we gather the story, and then, and the way that uh, one teacher described it to me is like in that in that time when you're gathering story like all of your loyalty is to your subject who you're interviewing the person you're interviewing and making sure that you are really understanding their story deeply and and really just getting all the details of it and then we turn around and when we report the story when we put all that material together and tell a story to you know anyone who is listening uh, our loyalty has to be telling that story the best. So even if, you know, the person we interviewed had really delightful details, if they're not essential to the story, if they're not the most important details, we might not include them. So I think, yeah, that's one thing. And yeah, I have to, you know, I'm still learning. And I, uh, Angela Dunning, who now works for Coast Alaska, has been an amazing mentor here and also you know when ethical questions come up I call her and ask her for her help because it's tricky small town you know I can't completely separate myself from everyone I'm going to be reporting on it's impossible <laughs> yes it is yeah um 
but you know we do our best and um luckily we'll have now we're lucky to have jordan who's an intern it's really good to have at least two people because then if there's someone i'm close to who's part of a story i can send someone else to report on that and we're gonna uh we're gonna have a new reporter shelby who will be here in january and once the newsroom is rolling with two people you know we can do our best to kind of cover each other's sensitive spots um is there anything you're looking forward to in petersburg in the coming year um yeah lots i'm i'm looking forward to the holiday season i'm not a big holiday person but and have been known to even dislike Christmas lights sometimes but here I love them I feel like it's so I just love seeing the lights everywhere it yeah just totally fills me with joy you know and some of that is because like we the sun goes down in the afternoon and it's it's the light that we have um and I have a friend coming in to town, Joy, for a few weeks. So I'm excited um, to show them, you know, how I'm settling in here, my new job, you know, new people. Um, I'm really excited to get our new reporter in in January. <laughs> um, I've talked to her a bunch on the phone. She's, yeah, amazing. And she'll be a great, you know, addition to KFSK. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to when the lights starts getting longer, too. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the winter, is, the winter is okay so far. We'll see, you know, how yeah. it feels. I do a lot um, to try to um, – I make sure, you know, I'm getting outside. I use um, happy lights in the morning yeah. right when I get up. Um, and, yeah, yeah. have a – you know, when I'm really cold, I take a bath or get the wood stove going. <laughs> yeah, that rain. It seemed like even though it was colder before with the the cold snap, when the rain comes, it seems even colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But I like, uh, I have a niece um, who moved to the Midwest recently, very cold there too. And she, I like what she said about, um, like, when I was worried about the winter here and coming here I just kind of like stocked up on gear so I went to like you know got a bunch of like used gear and because I was coming from Texas and Northern California I didn't even have like a winter coat um but that made me feel safe and uh she said yeah it's it's the thing that makes her feel most invincible in the Midwest (laughs) because it can be you know freezing cold outside but if you have that parka on you can just run around and just be outside and that's why I want to be here is you know be outside and um get out and talk to people and yeah a good pair of rain gear and some yes. rubber boots. Yes. <laughs> You'll be set. Yeah. <laughs> a wool hat. And spikes for your boots. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me. I yeah. sure appreciate it. I'm sure glad that you're here. I'm yeah. excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library.
Conversations is made possible by the Friends of Petersburg Libraries. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Done my 